Amen. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder of the work of Christ for us. Um, no strength, no power, no ability on our own to do anything of really any eternal value or good. But in Christ, everything that we do has the potential to be of eternal good. And that's incredible. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to see, to realize the great gift that you've given to us in our salvation, the, the ability, the potential that we have to, to use our lives in a way that matter and count. And I think one essential component that's involved in doing that is thankfulness. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us tonight, really help us tonight, to not just know that the Bible says we should be thankful, and to not just know the reasons that the Bible says we can be thankful or should be thankful, but that we would actually be thankful people. Draw us near, Lord, and once again, give us fresh eyes to see the beloved Son so that we might have hearts that are full of thankfulness to you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's, um, it's kind of unfortunate, I think, that, you know, thankfulness gets the spotlight like once a year. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit more than that if you happen to be preaching through a book of the Bible and the topic of thankfulness comes up. But it's one where I think um, is not just an important component of the Christian life, but I would dare say a necessary component of the Christian life. Um, it's one that God commands us to, to be and to practice. And we're told to be thankful. We're commanded in Scripture to be thankful for good reason. The benefits of it are many. The things I mean, the, the number of things, some of which I hope to just hit on tonight, and I'm trusting that God is going to help you see, you know, personally and specifically in your own life. But the number of things that thankfulness guards against and prevents are, are just so many. You know, when your heart is full of thankfulness, that leaves little room for things that really shouldn't be there and things that, if thankfulness isn't there, they, they take up residence and they grow and they're things that make life just hard and miserable for us. And so I'm praying tonight, as I, as I did pray, that we would truly be filled with thankfulness tonight. But we have to ask ourselves, what is the source? What is the foundation of our thankfulness? You know, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow, most of us, I think. And I think the temptation is to go, oh, wow, like I'm really think like you sit at this table and you've got food in front of you and you've got the day off from work, probably most of us. And you've got friends or family and you're like, wow, I got a lot to be thankful for. The, the temp it's okay to be thankful for those things. We certainly want to give thanks because every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? Like it comes from God. Those things are good. They come from God. We should be thankful. But if any of those things is really the pure source, the ultimate source of your thankfulness, your thankfulness is going to come. It's going to go. It's going to wane. 
We need a consistent, deeper, richer source of thankfulness. And where the scripture points us to is that source, which is the person of Jesus Christ. If you look to him, you find an unending well, a, a bottomless well of, of reasons to be grateful and to be thankful and to express that thankfulness to God. And that's what I pray we see tonight. So our passage tonight is 1 Thessalonians 5.18, very short. It's the end of Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica, his first letter. He kind of is rattling off a bunch of things here at the end that he wants them to be reminded of, his final instructions and benedictions to them. And he says this in verse 18. And anytime I read this, uh, if you're familiar with like Seeds Family Worship, you, I, I think of this song. Um, it's just like ingrained into my head. But verse 18, chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians says this, and you're probably familiar with this passage. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Incredibly short to read, incredibly easy to overlook, incredibly um, simple in its command, and being able to grasp it ridiculously difficult to do in real space and time. Because you think about what it is that the text says to give thanks. This is a command. This is an imperative. And, and so when you don't do it, you're, when you're not being thankful, we, it's to, if you're not being obedient to something that God calls you and commands you to do, we call that disobedience. And, and what's another three-letter three word for disobedience? Sin. Have you thought about the fact that when you are not thankful, you are, you're sinning? Because he commands us to give thanks. Now, what I think, what I, what I was struck with right away was, oh my, I am like very often not thankful. Not, and if that's disobedience to the Lord, then it just continues to magnify the incredible mercifulness and graciousness and kindness of God to me, that I am consistently disobedient to him in this way of giving thanks. And I'm not just talking about lip service thankfulness. I'm talking about like really being thankful. This is what God calls us to do. Give thanks, to give it, to say it, to feel it, to, to, to really to be actually be doing it. And he, and he tells us who it's for, for you, for all Christians. The you there in verse 18, for this is uh, the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For who? For you reading the letter. The you is plural. For any Christian of any time, at all time, always, to give thanks. Why? For this is God's will for you. What, it is what God has declared to be so. It's commanded, meaning that when it isn't done, it's disobedience to the Lord. And I think for many of us, we don't consider the call and the command to be thankful in that way. And then the text tells us when. 
This is where I think like it, it really continues to get difficult when you read through the text because it doesn't allow you to say that there's any situation or circumstance in life in which you are not to give thanks to God. I, I, would, I would dare to say that it's actually calling you to give thanks to God for that circumstance. Not just like be thankful in every circumstance in life, but to, but to give thanks for that particular circumstance in life because it's all governed and ordained by the sovereign providence and wisdom and plan of God to serve his eternal purposes for his glory and for your good. Like you got, we, beloved, we need to believe everything that he allows into our lives is an expression of his love for us to prepare us to be with him and enjoy him for an eternity. And that is that's one of the, the ways, the secrets, if you will, of being able to be thankful in all circumstances. To consciously stop and genuinely give thanks, I think, is a rare occasion for many of us. Especially in times of difficulty. Now, I don't want to spend a, a lot of time talking about all the different difficult situations that it's necessary for us to feel and express thankfulness in. I imagine that you are in touch well enough with your own life circumstances and situations and difficulties to, to, to know, you, you, right? You're, you're taking this truth, and I'm praying that you're bringing it into wherever you are and whatever you're doing and whatever is going on around you, so that when you read the text and it says, give thanks in all circumstances, you're thinking, even this circumstance? And the biblical answer to that is yes. You're well familiar and acquainted with your current difficulties and hardships. And the text is clear, give thanks. The question is, How? And our text tells us that as well. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for you in Christ, as you are in Christ, to give thanks in all circumstances. And what this does is really incredible when you think about it. Because it brings the Lord Jesus Christ into your current circumstances and situation. If you're called to give thanks in all circumstances and your thankfulness is rooted in Christ, that means Christ is in your circumstances and your situation with you. He's not far removed. He's not distant. He's not uncaring. He's not unknowing. He is present with his people. He is walking through this situation with you. And that is the reason why you can give thanks, because of Christ, who he is, what he's done. He, you, you bring Christ into your current circumstances, and you bring the power of Christ to do anything that he wants to do into those circumstances. You bring the peace of Christ into those current circumstances. You bring the wisdom of Christ into those circumstances. And you bring the love of Christ into those current circumstances. You bring him into every circumstance 
you bring all of his benefits with him. And they're all ours in Christ. And so then our thankfulness is not in, oh, when this, when so-and-so finally changes, when this situation finally changes, when, 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 you know, I mean, just you fill in the blank. In order, you know, if only blank would happen, then I could finally be happy. You fill in the blank. You can, you, you can eternally fill in that blank with as long as I have Christ, I can be happy. That's, that, that should be like the right answer. That's the blank. That's what you fill in the blank with. And if that's what you fill in the blank with, then you can truly be thankful all the time because you have him. Have you ever come into a situation in life where you feared losing something very valuable to you, very meaningful? Maybe a person, maybe a position, um, maybe a job, a, a hope, a dream. And you begin to think to yourself, what happens if I lose this thing? My prayer is that the ne your next thought would be, but I could never lose Christ, and he'll never lose me. And then the peace comes, the rest, the comfort, the thankfulness for who he is and what he's done. I want to draw our attention specifically to a, to a couple psalms. If you would turn to Psalm 106, I want us to see how this happens all over the place. I just want us to look at three places tonight briefly. Psalm 106, 107, and 108. And I want us to see the connection between our thankfulness and the steadfast love of God for us, which is most clearly seen and demonstrated, experienced, and enjoyed in Christ. So when I'm talking about your thankfulness being rooted in Christ and your thankfulness being rooted in the love of God, I'm, I'm actually talking about your thankfulness being rooted in the same place, because the love of God is most clearly seen, experienced, embraced, and enjoyed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want us to see Psalm 106, verses one, uh, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. And how does he express his goodness? His steadfast love endures forever. You know, if you've already described love as being steadfast, you don't need to say that it endures forever. By, it being steadf by virtue of it being steadfast, it, it, it's unending. And consistent. So why does the psalmist, why does God, the, right, God's the author of the scripture, why does God say, describe it as steadfast love that endures forever? Because we so easily forget and we're so easily affected by our circumstances. When we come into difficulty, we go, we really do wonder and question, God, do you love me? And when we question his love, our, our thankfulness does what? It flattens. It, it vanishes. But 
Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. God wants us to know that his love is steadfast and it is enduring. It is unending. It is not like our love. Our love is, it it, it comes and it goes. It's hot and it's cold. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's back again next week. It's dependent upon how you're treating me. You love me, I love you back. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's not God's love. Like I, I stab him in the back and he shows his love to me. We give thanks because of that. Psalm 107, verses one and two or one, excuse me, one through three. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. That should sound familiar. Let the redeemed say of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Let the redeemed Say so, because the redeemed are the ones that have received the steadfast love of the Lord, that it's, it's enduring, it's unending. It, 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 it's perfect in all of its ways. The beautiful thing about Psalm 107, I would encourage you to read through the whole thing. I'm not going to, but I want to point out that the picture that it paints for us in several places um, regarding the, the different instances in which salvation shows itself in the lives of those who need saving. Verse 4 of Psalm 107, Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. And he goes on from there, and then he says in verse 8, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Verse 10, Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons. Verse 15, Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Verse 17, some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities and uh, suffered affliction. Verse 21, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Verse 23, some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. Verse 31, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. He, he, he gives us four different pictures of the way that God inserts himself into people's life and saves them in the response in all of them. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. Always the redeemed say so. That's the song of the redeemed. Thankfulness for his steadfast love. He, he, he says it in scripture over and over again because he wants us to know it because oftentimes we doubt it and we don't feel it. And he says, don't live, don't walk like that. Walk by faith, believe, trust. Judge not the Lord in feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, there hides a smiling face. We have to know that even in the difficult and painful providences of life, his love is steadfast and there's a smiling face behind it all. Psalm 108, verses one through four, I'll go ahead and repeat. This is what I opened with. My heart is steadfast. Wow. How can your heart be steadfast? Because you have received a love that is steadfast, right? My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre. We could say, awake guitar, awake ukulele, awake piano. 
I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great above the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. There's nowhere I can go. There's nowhere I can look where I do not see your steadfast love and your steadfast love is not present. It's everywhere because God is everywhere. His omniscience and his omnipresence and his, his omnipotence saturate every single atom place in the cosmos. And thus all of him does as well, including his steadfast love. A heart filled with thankfulness soaked in the love of God brings Christ into your present circumstances. And you remember that God is in control, so you don't need to fear people or outcome of circumstances. You remember that God loves you and you aren't undone when others don't love you. You remember that God has a purpose and you aren't anxious or worried about things. Thankfulness drives away pride, anger, greed, bitterness, hopelessness, and unforgiveness, which in turn are the very things that take up residence in our hearts when we aren't thankful. Greed says, I need more to be happy. Demands are made where others must be a certain way to make me happy. I worry what happens if I don't get A, B, or C. Can I ever be happy? And I'm anxious. What if so-and-so doesn't like me or agree with me? Can I handle rejection and be happy? And see how our happiness and our thankfulness are intimately attached to one another. But if our thankfulness is rooted in Christ then our happiness is rooted in Christ and he never changes. And so our thankfulness and our happiness never has to change as well. So how do we respond? Receive reasons for thanks. Listen. Listen to his word and how he communicates his steadfast love enduring forever for you. And express thanks. Read reasons for thanks. You listen. Express thanks means you talk. You speak to God for the reasons why you're thankful for what he's done for you and specifically for he, who he is and what he's done for us in Christ. May we truly see the sufficient reason to give thanks in Christ, not just today or tomorrow, but every day. Would you pray with me? Lord, the word that we, we read, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's your will for us to be thankful because we're in Christ. And in Christ, he eclipses the circumstances. That's how we can give thanks in all of them. Father, would you please help us, remind us once again of the great, deep, unfathomable, consistent, unchanging love that you've shown to us in Christ. This love that sets us free, sets us free to be thankful always in all circumstances and be a people that actually give thanks and express thanks and, and share their thanks. Not just tonight, not just tomorrow, but every day. 
in times of loss, in times of grief, in times of confusion, in times of uncertainty, Lord. Because, because Christ is present and loves us deeply and dearly. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Etch these things into the very fabric of our hearts, I ask and pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand and we will sing one more song together and express to the Lord that it is indeed well with our souls.